ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, and Welcome into the Thursday, May 10th edition. It's The Drive here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan here. Glad to be back with your phone calls later on this hour at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Now this hour we're going to talk to David Kahn from the West Virginia Power. We'll get caught up with how the Power are doing also we got a lot to get into today. I think we're going to start with, and we'll get more into this later as we've got time, but it's been interesting following what's been happening with the situation in Charleston with the casino sports betting. Now, everything that's taking place right now is pending the Supreme Court saying, yes, it's good, no, it's not. So everything that's happening right now, it's just it's one long dance. And there's the push, and you've got something on the books now to make sports betting legal in the state of West Virginia. Now, why is that important? Well, first of all, people are betting already. Whether you like it or you don't, it's happening. Here's an opportunity for the state to get a hand on that, regulate that, get the percentage, get the money, get paid. State gets a, gets a share of this. And now the sports leagues are putting their hands out saying, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. You guys, you got to pay us. You can't be doing this without giving us a fee. We want an integrity fee. Keep everything above board. And I kind of laugh at that only because, one, I don't know what kind of integrity fee is going to do. What I don't know what that's going to do. How, how does that make everything better because first of all if you're talking about data hey you're using our data you're using our league stats scores you're using all that well yeah we are because you can't copyright a fact little known fact that people forget if LeBron James scores 48 points and the Cleveland Cavaliers win 106 to 55 over the Boston Celtics, and you've got a wager on that, I'm sorry, NBA. I don't see where you get a cut of that because of the wager. Because that's a fact. You just put out a fact there. LeBron scored 48 points. That's a fact. The Cavs win. That's a fact. The score, that's a fact. You can't copyright a fact. So, I know the leagues are trying to put their hand out saying, whoa, wait a minute, we get a piece of this. We get cash. you got to drop some cash money on us for our stats, our real-time scores, integrity fee. I mean, there's so much going on. And there's already something on the books. Now, there's a little summit going on. You had representatives from Major League Baseball, NBA, PGA Tour, And you had university officials, including Mike Hamrick from Marshall and, of course, West Virginia. They met with representatives from the casino industry at the state lottery offices. I thought that was a good idea. Sort of try to get a handle on all this. And it seems that they put together some sort of, some structure. Hey, here's some things we're talking about, some things we're working on. Of course, Marshall University has interest here because... All of a sudden, 
in the state legally, you can bet on a Marshall game or a West Virginia game. And I completely understand where Mike Hamrick would be concerned, interested in the goings-on there. I mean, he's dealt with it before. He was the athletic director at a school in a state where legalized gambling happened. So he's familiar with it. He has some ground to stand on. He has some understanding of what you got to do. So from that standpoint, I get it. He's feeling that, all right, we're going to have to up our efforts here. Not that they're not doing what they need to do now. He's saying, look, we're going to have to up our game We're going to have to put more into this because, well, it's going to be right here in front of us. It's going to be in our face. That's kind of the gist I got from him, and I get that completely. Totally understand. Well, I'm not sure I'm on board with the leagues here saying, look, we need something here. But all this is going on. You already have something on the books. And so now the governor throws something out. And the casinos were like, whoa, wait a minute here. You're, you're jumping the gun here. But it comes down to this. A tentative agreement, according to the governor's office, has been reached between the West Virginia Lottery Commission, the state's licensed casino operators, and sports leagues for what is being described as a potential partnership and a future legal sports betting market. And this is what the governor's office put out today. And... He wrote in the release, this was a difficult negotiation between different parties, but the outcome will be very good for the state of West Virginia, as well as the sports leagues. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm already good with what's on the books. The sports leagues don't need to get into this. They don't, they don't offer anything. They're not bringing anything to the table that demands a a fee, an integrity fee, whatever you want to cut, their percentage. I'm not, on, I'm not on board with that, but not my deal. And some other stuff came out here. Now, the casino industry, they're pushing back. They're like, whoa, wait a minute. You're jumping the gun here, Governor. This isn't a deal. We don't have anything that's a deal. And part of this that came out today as this story was developing was, one, the casinos saying, no, no, not so fast, my friend. And secondly, an ESPN report came out earlier today. And, of course, as everything does, it comes first on Twitter and then it develops into a, uh, a follow-up story. But David Payne Purdom from ESPN, he reported his sources said that a tentative agreement in West Virginia would give West Virginia and Marshall a cut of sports betting. Added that this would be first two NCAA programs with such an agreement. Didn't say how the mechanism for how the fees from West Virginia sports betting would go to the leagues, colleges, and or conferences. That's still being worked out. But discussions were at least centered on a 0.25% cut of the handle. So all of a sudden here, you've got the governor saying, look, we got a deal. You got ESPN reporter through his sources saying, Marshall, West Virginia, you're going to get a cut. And then you got the casino saying, look, whoa, jumping a gun a little bit. We don't have anything here. So where's the truth? We're going to find that out. And 
I'm interested to see if this is actual fact that the universities are going to get a cut. Is this cut for compliance, enforcement? What's this cut for? Is it going to go into the general athletic fund? What's the cut? Where is it going? But we're going to get into that later. When we come back from break, though, we're going to talk a little baseball. We've got David Kahn coming up here in a few moments from the West Virginia Power. We're going to talk to him, as we usually do once a week, and get caught up with him. And then after that, we'll get a little bit more into this casino story and go over the rest of the news of the day. It's really interesting how this has happened. You have a meeting. Everybody's getting together, talking it out, putting their opinions out there, expressing how they feel, kind of feeling each other out. And then all of a sudden, the governor says, hey, we got a deal. Casinos say, wait a minute, not so fast. Where's the truth here? And is Marshall and University, you know, is the university getting cut? That's that's where we're at. So we'll go over all of that. But when we come back from break, David Kahn's joining us from the West Virginia Power. We'll discuss where the power are this week and how they're doing. Later on, we'll get your phone calls in. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday edition. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We'll take your phone calls later on, kind of get your feeling about how legalized gambling could affect Marshall, West Virginia, and the governor jumped the gun. Is there a deal in place? But we're not jumping the gun right now because we've got joining us on the program from the West Virginia Power, David Kahn. He's going to get us caught up on everything that's happening for the power, and uh, he's with us now on the program. And uh, it's been um, been a long week, my man. We haven't talked in uh, a week, and I think you're the last human being <laughs> I talked to uh, before uh, I was off the air for a few days. Yeah, well, I'm happy you're feeling better, Paul, and uh, it's great to be back on. It's been uh, it's been a heck of a week for us. Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of late night dramatic. Uh, walk-off wins. Thank God all of them were wins. And uh, we played some lengthy games, some some very tight, close ball games, but this team has come out on the other side of it looking very strong, and we're, we're now currently in, in Hagerstown, Maryland, looking to go for our seventh series win in our last eight series. Okay. Radio guy to radio guy. Secretly, you enjoyed every moment of it with your resume tape. In the future, whatever, your highlight reel, whatever, just having some walk-offs there. I mean, secretly, you enjoyed that. <laughs> I, of course I did. I mean, when Ryan Purifoy had a walk-off home run that was absolutely obliterated over the left field wall, and my call was pretty pristine, I was, of course I was ecstatic about it. But uh, non-radio, non-radio guy comments now, I mean, I'm just ecstatic for the team. I, I, love, I love calling this team, and I love getting to interact with these guys. They're, they're such a great group. They're so close-knit with each other, and, and they've been lucky enough to really open up to me and, and kind of share some some very interesting things about, you know, anything that goes on in their lives and anything that goes on on the baseball field. I mean, Ryan Purifoy, that was his first walk-off home run ever. He'd never hit one before. And, you know, the next night he goes in and gets the win in a doubleheader and as a pitcher. So, it, you know, there's so many different things that have gone on in the early six weeks or so for the, with this team. And to be able to be behind the mic for it has been truly something special. It's got to feel good right now. It's probably still too early to, to really eyeball the standings, but you look at where the power are at, two and a half games back uh, from the leaders. Lots of baseball still to be played. Got to feel good about where you're at right now, especially uh, you're riding a three-game win streak, so that's got to feel great. 
Yeah, we're you know we're four of our last five, seven of our last ten. Everything feels good. Everything looks good on the field. There's there's been some moments where you're you're thinking, all right, there's there's something to improve upon. But overall, as a team, this team feels very good. They feel like they can win any game. And I really think that that doubleheader sweep of Hickory back on Monday was a microcosm of that because one, and that game was supposed to start at 5:05. Game one started at 6:36. We were delayed an hour and 31 minutes. So, and then we came back from three one-run deficits and a two-run deficit that game to win in nine innings. Started game two at 10:08 p.m. Trailed two nothing in that game and then walked it off on a wild pitch in the bottom of the seventh. So, it, I mean there's so many different little things that happened in that game that had to break exactly right for West Virginia to win both of those games. And this team made all of them happen and they just kind of blinked. They were like, all right, we know we're going to win this game. It doesn't matter that we're down three to one. We're going to win four to three. We know it. And we're going to make it happen. And they did to their credit. I mean, I was talking with Gavin Wallace yesterday on the pregame show. And he said that after he got taken out after his start and it was his first start back into the disabled list, he came out on the fifth. We were losing. And he goes, we're going to win this game. And he was talking with Travis McGregor and said, hey, Travis, we're going to win. And Travis said the same thing. And lo and behold, we did. So this team is just so, so confident in themselves. And they know the ability that they have. And I think that's really been the most exciting thing to watch because when a team plays as confident as these guys do, you know they're never out of a ball game, and anything special could happen at any given moment. Has a lot of that because you know just trying to feel each other out, getting kind of the chemistry together. You know the talents there is just how is this chemistry going to be working with each other? Is that more of of the feeling that once they got everything clicking, that this would be one of the contenders? Oh, absolutely, and I think we're a contender right now. I mean, we're as you said, we're only two and a half back. Yes, it's too early to eyeball the standings. I mean, Del Marva got off to a ridiculous start. They started like. 17 and 7 or something like that. And they've kind of quieted down their 21 and 11 right now, tied with Canapolis for the lead in our division. But, I mean, you don't really need to glance at the standings in the first half until you get to June because this division is so tightly contested right now. I mean, Hagerstown's in last place and they're 11 and a half back. They could still, they're still technically in it. Um, now, their, their elimination number is a little bit smaller than ours is, but you kind of wait till June before you really look at the standings and say, all right, who's contending for a first-half championship, who's not, and, and you go from there. But for right now, I mean, I think this team knows that it's a contender for a first-half title. They want that first-half title. And getting to play a bunch of a division teams now after playing five straight series against uh, Southern Division teams is really great because we can just knock everybody off if we keep winning like we are and really you know, kind of put ground between us and the teams below us because we're playing Hickory, and then we play Hagerstown right now, then we play Lakewood, who's directly below us. So if we can distance ourselves from those teams, it'll kind of set the upper echelon of the North Division for the first half and then push us into that battle with, you know, Hagerstown or with uh, with Kannapolis, Delmarva, and Greensboro if we can win these games against the lower-level teams at this moment. Not to say that those teams are not good. They're just they're, they're currently below us in the division. But like I said, this team is very, very confident. They... They certainly believe they can win, and they, they think that they can win any game at any given moment, and I think that really really is a, a mark of the coaching staff and what they instill upon them and what a lot of the leaders on this team have instilled upon these guys as well. Now that you get to see a little bit more of the North, which half is stronger this year in your mind, North or South? It's tough to think that the two strongest teams right now would – I mean, you, you have to say Don Marv is really, really strong – because, I mean, they, they've been in first place since this is the word go. Um, Augusta's really, really good. They have some fantastic pitching. I think the pitching has really, really been the mark of the difference for all the teams that are on top. 
Um, if I had to pick, I'd probably go south by a slim margin, but it's very close. Um, I haven't seen all the teams, obviously. We don't. We haven't seen Columbia yet. We see them May 21st or the 24th, and we haven't seen Delmarva or Kannapolis yet. So uh, from, from the teams that I've seen, I think the south is stronger than because we've seen Hickory, Lakewood, now Hagerstown, and in the south we've seen Augusta, Lexington, Rome, and, and those teams. So I think the south in that mark is, is stronger than what we've seen in the north thus far, but again, we haven't played the top two teams. Dave Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power. The Power uh, are powering to the top of the standings, and um, <laughs> you you got to look at some of the guys who are making that happen. I'm sure it's a p- pretty big team effort right now, but uh, is Calvin Mitchell heads and shoulders above everybody right now? So he started off the season that way, absolutely, and he still continued to produce. I mean, he's got 22 RBIs. He leads the team. Uh, he leads the Pirates organization, in fact, in 22 RBIs. So he's still producing. Now, his ridiculous production numbers from the first half have tailed off. He's, he's still leading the team with a 310 average. His OPS still leads the team at 875, I believe is the number, maybe 878. And uh, so, I mean, he's still getting on base. He's still getting things done. He's just not doing it as an, as, at, as, at, as an accelerated rate as he did in the first month of the year. But he's still getting the production done. He's still playing well defensively. He made a couple of really fantastic catches in the last couple of games in right that have shown that he's working on his defense more and more, and he's reading balls better. He's no longer taking that first step in and then trailing back. He's instinctively dropping back and then coming forward if he needs to, which is a big change for him for the first month of the season. So he's doing a lot of good things. But, I mean, you look at guys like Chris Sharp, who's not a prospect, but he's reached an 18 straight game, second longest active streak of the South Atlantic League behind Chris Hess of Charleston, who has 19. O'Neill Cruz has really started to hit well. 10-game hitting streak for him, 12-game on-base streak. Deion Stafford is continuing to produce. He's reached in 11 of his last 12 games, 10, 10 straight, and he's got a hit in 9 of those last 10. So he is really swinging the bat well. His average is now back over 300 at 302. And on the pitching side, our bullpen seems to just be absolutely stellar. Over the last nearly 50 innings, we have allowed just eight runs, struck out 49 batters, and that gives an ERA under one and a half. So the bullpen's been phenomenal. The starters are really starting to figure it out. Hunter Stratton and now his spot start just earned his first career MILB victory. Domingo Robles is on the mound tonight, coming off another quality start. So you, you, I mean, you go one through five in the rotation, you go one through eight in the bullpen, you go one through nine in the lineup everybody's producing in a different way. And last night it was Dylan Busby, two home runs, four RBIs, career highs for him. So, I mean, you can really look at anybody in this lineup and they're going to be producing on some night. Divi Collins, our guest from the West Virginia Power. Let's talk about what's coming up for the Power. Um, let's, um, let's just break it down for me. Uh, what do you see in this, uh, this next string of games? Uh, over this next road trip? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay, so... I mean, right now we're, we got Hagerstown over the, for the next two games. So we got a lefty-lefty matchup tonight, Robles and Jackson Stoeckinger. Uh, from what I've seen, Stoeckinger started rough and has started to turn it around. So it should be a, a decent southpaw matchup tonight. Hopefully we can get the series win and get it out of the way here today. Uh, tomorrow, Sergio Cubalete will be back starting for West Virginia. He came off the disabled list today. So looking forward to getting Kubi back out there on the mound, of course. Last time he was on the mound, he got uh, hit by a baseball and had to leave the game in South Carolina. So we're glad to have him back. Um, unfortunately, Jacob Taylor took his spot on the disabled list uh, with an injury, so he'll be he'll be out for a little bit. But 
Kubalete's back, so we're excited to have him pitch the series finale tomorrow. And then we go to Lakewood, which is one of the teams that actually beat us in the series this year. We've only lost two series, and they were to Lakewood and to Rome. Lakewood took two of three from us in Charleston back in the first homestand of the year. So the Power are looking for some revenge against Lakewood, and I think really the mark of this West Virginia team will be tested when they face Lakewood because Lakewood's rotation is one of the most the strongest rotations in the entire South Atlantic League, and they really stymied the power. And if the offense can wake up and, and get some good hits off of really good pitching, then you, that'll be a sign that this power team is really clicking on all cylinders and ready to continue to motor up the standings in the South Atlantic League because when we lost to Rome, they threw three really good pitchers at us too. And uh, in the case of Augusta, we faced good pitching as well, but we got to their starters enough that they had to yank them due to pitch count, and then we really attacked the bullpen. You know, after that road trip, I know you can't look ahead, but well, I can't look ahead. Um, you got Lexington coming <laughs> back. I can look ahead. I know that's going to be. Uh, let's just say that's going to be. Uh, the fans will want to show up for that. Yeah, it's a it's a charged series. Um, you know, obviously the Hatfields and McCoys, the the rivalry is alive. But we we won two of three from Lexington uh, in Lexington back at the end of April, so that was a nice start to that Golden Pig series. Of course, got four games now against the Legends, so try and distance that standings a little bit. Um, but, you know, we start with a Thursday Thursday on Thursday against the Legends. We also have another post-game fireworks show coming up. We're doing Power to End Stroke Night on Thursday night, Military Appreciation Night on Friday, where all former and current service members can get into the ballpark free. Uh, we're going to be honoring all of them during the game with their different anthems and different words uh, throughout the game. And then on Saturday, we're doing an umbrella giveaway, and Sunday is a Kids Sunday Fun Day. Quick little four-game homestand, and then we're off to Columbia. Sounds like it's going to be fun uh, be at the ballpark. Uh, David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power. And just, uh, just looking past the power, um, how much of the success right now the Pirates are enjoying, how much is that kind of trickling down to teams like the Power? Um, I mean, does that have any effect, any impact, knowing that, okay, uh, the parent club's doing well, things are happening? You know, What's that like, knowing that you're doing well and the parent club's doing well? Well, it's just promising as an organization to see all the teams doing well. I mean, Altoona's had some really great guys uh, perform early in the year. Obviously, the top Pirates prospect, Mitch Keller, doing fantastic work in Altoona. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go to up to Indianapolis soon. In fact, JT Brubaker just went up to Indianapolis earlier today, so he'll get a taste of the AAA level um, from Indianapolis. And, and Altoona's had the best ERA in the Pirates system for the entire season. West Virginia now just behind them. West Virginia's at 3.5, and, and Altoona's at about 3.3. So... You you look at that and you I mean just having the entire system performing well is a good sign because you know that if you move guys around from level to level you're going to be able to maintain most likely that certain level of success that you've had when they were at a different level. Obviously, moving guys up they face elevated pitching, elevated hitting, and there's an adjustment period. But you feel confident knowing that you can move somebody who's performing really well at the at the, a lower level up and test them and see exactly how they're doing. So it's certainly nice to see all of these teams, you know, hovering above 500. It's nice to see the, the Pirates having a great start to their season, 21-16. and 16, And, you know, people expected the Pirates to really struggle this year, but they've had some great starts. Of course, Nick Kingham getting promoted and tossing uh, nearly a no-hitter through seven innings. I mean, that was just unreal to watch. And you, you, you can point to any individual performance. Corey Dickerson has been off to an unbelievable start in Pittsburgh this year. Nobody expected him to do what he's been doing, and he's just been hitting the ball ridiculously well. Um, but it, it, 
it doesn't directly trickle down to West Virginia, but of course, you know, the, the players here and the coaching staff are keeping track of what's going on at the upper levels because they know that if those players do well and get moved up, that leaves an opportunity for somebody here in West Virginia to get bumped up to Bradenton or Altoona. I've only had one guy get moved up this year, Adam Aller, going to the Marauders, and he's been finding success in the Florida State League. So hopefully, of course, the goal is to get all these guys to Pittsburgh one day, and you know we'll see when, the, when and if these guys move up and who it actually is and how far they go. David Collins, our guest, West Virginia Power. We'll get you back on next week when we uh, get uh, a little bit more excited about the Lexington series. And, of course, coming back home, I'm sure, uh, yeah, as much as the road trips are fun, it's nice to get back home when you can. It, it certainly is. And, and we, we enjoy being on the road and we enjoy, you know, getting to see different ballparks and, and going to do all that stuff. But we certainly like our home fans and getting the, of course, the, uh, the applause from Toastman and, and having him heckle the opposing pitchers and all that stuff. It's always fun to have that in our, in our, our home court. And uh, we, you know, there's it, just something about playing at Appalachian Power Park that you look at the stadium and you compare it to a lot of the other stadiums in this league and, and our ballpark is second to none. So we certainly like playing there. We love the fans. We love the atmosphere. And, and we'll be excited to come home and, and have the rivalry ensue back in Charleston against Lexington. Yeah, let's just hope we don't have any soggy toast out there. That's the only hope. <laughs> yeah, no no soggy toast, no rain. Uh, sunshine for four games. Please and thank you, Mother Nature. David Kahn, our guest, West Virginia Power. We'll catch up with you next week, David. Thanks for joining us. All right, Paul. It's David Kahn. You can check him out. Go to wvpower.com for more. We'll come back. Uh, we'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Uh, I want to get back into uh, this uh, whole issue with the gambling in West Virginia, Governor jumping the gun, kind of get a feel for what's going on there, get your thoughts on it, all still to come here. This is The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Time for you to be a part of the program, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We're trying to figure this whole thing out. We're not going to get to it today as far as the answer. But what happens between a conversation with a lot of interested parties involving a integrity fee, sort of the, uh, the sports betting bill, which already doesn't have a provision for the leagues getting a cut? That's not there. So the bill says, no, you're not getting any of this. And then we've got the talk. A lot of people were invited. A lot of people were involved, including athletic directors and representation from Marshall and West Virginia. And so they should be. And I'm interested on what happened between, okay, this is a talk. We've got some things in place here. You know, we want to work with people. Hey, we want to work with you guys. Okay. Yeah, there might be some benefits here. We're open to the conversation. There might be some benefits working with you guys here. And the university is getting involved because, well, let's be honest. You don't have pro sports on the major level in the state of West Virginia. You've got minor league sports. You've got baseball, West Virginia power. You've got teams like that in the state. Now you have an opportunity to legalize betting, and betting's already going on. You know it and I know it. It's happening. And so you've got this opportunity. Supreme Court says, yes, you can do this. You've got this opportunity. West Virginia is going to be on the forefront of this. And then it's all of a sudden, 
right there. Where will people be spending their attention? Well, probably the two Division I universities, first and foremost. A lot of people are going to bet on Marshall and West Virginia, right? You, I mean, they're already doing it. Now they're just going to be able to do it legally. And I know where the concern is that, okay, we've got to police our kids. We've got to police our program because there is always the fear, and you've got to guard against it, that there's going to be some impropriety here. I mean, how important will it be for Marshall, West Virginia, to make sure that they're on top of it even more now? And that's not to say that they're not already on top of it, but the universities feel, look, we've got some issues. We can handle it, but we're going to have some issues. Here they are. And you don't want to ever think that a kid's going to throw a game, right? You don't want to think that. It's happened. You don't want to say, think that. Oh, it's not going to happen here. It could happen. So I get where the universities are in involved with this. And then you've got this conversation. Then you get to press release. Press release from the governor's office. Governor Justice stands firm on sports betting integrity fee. State will pay nothing, he says. Nothing. Here's the press release. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. He announced the governor that a tentative agreement was reached on Wednesday between the Lottery Commission, the state's licensed casino operators, and the sports consortium that will enhance sports betting in West Virginia. I mean, he's basically putting it out here. We've got a deal. Here it is. I've got the deal. He said, I insisted from day one that no part of an integrity fee for sports betting will be paid by the state, meaning we ain't paying you. I demanded, this is from the governor, I demanded that the entire fee be paid by the casino. So there it is. Just drop that knowledge on us today. And then they added in this press release that additional dollars received by the state from sports betting will be utilized for the benefit of many of our residents. However, all this is a moot issue until the U.S. Supreme Court rules on the illegality of sports gaming across the country. So there, as the release says, they're working on ways to implement the integrity fee and determine what, if any, legislation is needed for codification. So we've got a deal. Here it is. It's a deal. Then the report comes out, and they're not going to get a comment anytime soon from anybody on this one, but the the report comes out first from David Purdom, ESPN, sources. Tentative agreement in West Virginia would give West Virginia and Marshall a cut of sports betting. Would be first two NCAA programs with such an agreement. The mechanism for how the fees from West Virginia sports betting would go to the leagues, colleges, and or conferences still being worked out. This is centered on a 0.25% cut of handle. So, we've got a deal. Governor, deal. Report from ESPN reporter. Sources, part of this deal, Marshall and West Virginia getting a cut. Then, all of a sudden... 
Casino operators. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Could you imagine this collectively? It was one of those, what? Probably laughing and then like, whoa, whoa, he's serious. He actually thinks we says we have a deal. But, and Metro News is doing a lot of reporting on this today. Their reporting indicates that the Gaming and Racing Association in West Virginia, they represent the casinos. Their president, John Cavinci, says, I was shocked. He said it twice in the story. I was shocked. They're saying they don't have a deal. There's no agreement. There is no agreement. The gist of the story from them is they've got the bones of an agreement. So they've got an outline. They've got a structure. They've got sort of here's kind of what's on the table. They've got that. They've got a white paper is what they have. They've got a Google Doc that they're all working on right now. Here, Okay, here's some things we're working on. It's like almost like filling out an IPO. They've got a white paper. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're going to be filing, looking for some, um, some cash here to fund this thing. That's what they got. Somebody scribbled on a napkin. Okay, here's what we think we've got. Okay, this is what they have. They got a cocktail napkin with some, some words on it. And the casinos are saying, no, 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 we, we don't have anything. They said that they're going to look at contractual agreements between properties and major league sports, and they're, they're going to do it from a contractual standpoint. Basically, they're, they're just going to work it out. They're going to work with everybody, see if they can come up with something here. But there's no deal. Casinos saying, we don't know. We don't have a deal. The governor's saying, we've got a deal. Universities are going to keep quiet because what can they say? They can't comment on this. They can't say we've got a deal or not. Especially since you've got two parties saying opposite. We've got a deal. No, we don't. But let's get back. Let's circle back here to the Marshall and West Virginia component of this. First of all, that would be significant if they got a cut of this. What this cut will mean for the universities is interesting because for the first time, a university will get a bit of the action. They're going to get a cut. They're going to get a little play here. So it definitely behooves Marshall and West Virginia to make sure everything, not only because of NCAA standards here, and everything that they've got to follow, rules and regulations, but even more now, they're going to get a cut here. They're going to get a piece of this pie. So you know universities will be on their toes even more, just making sure what they're supposed to be doing already and what they are doing is, all right, everything's above board here. I don't know what the what the agreement would be, why they're getting a percentage, what is the obligation other than, hey, okay, we understand you need to get a cut of this because, well, there's going to be a lot of betting on Marshall and West Virginia. And you're going to have to make sure that there's some integrity. Again, we go back to the integrity fee here. Here's some integrity money. 
Make sure we have integrity here. Here you go. Here's your check. Is this money going to be for compliance, rules? What's this money earmarked for? Goes into the general athletic fund. If this is even happening, if they're getting money. But all of a sudden, here's a revenue source for Marshall and West Virginia. It's going to be more of a benefit to Marshall and West Virginia, obviously, because West Virginia has greater resources when it comes to revenue coming in because of television and a few other things. Whereas Marshall, this would be definitely a boon for the university, depending on how much this actually looks like as far as what the numbers will be, what percentage of um, this really means, where's this money supposed to go. I mean, there's still a lot to be discovered and figured out if this is even legit. 304-399-8255 is our local number. Toll-free is 877-420-8255. We've got more on the way here. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It's the Thursday, May 10th edition. This is The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan, here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. And so wrapping up our conversation earlier, what this uh, whole sports betting is going to mean, uh, I'm just going to quote from the uh, representation for the uh, Collegiate Athletic Directors, Tom McMillan of Lead One. He, um, he attended the meeting also with Mike Hamrick and Shane Lyons. Uh, he said that um, in his experience, when you have an open and transparent legal market, you're going to have more cost. This is what McMillan said of Hamrick. Because, honestly, Mike would know, Mr. Hamrick, he would know what goes in when it comes to being in a university with legal gambling in your front yard. Not even your backyard, in your front face. So he said he anticipated, this is what McMillan said. Um, he didn't actually go into the detail what the compliance measures would be, what Mike Hamrick described. But he said the anticipated cost for West Virginia and Marshall could be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. What does that mean? That's the question. What does that mean? What does that mean as far as are you hiring new people? Are you upping your efforts? What, what does that money go to? What's the correlation? We need X amount of dollars. Okay, what does X amount of dollars give you? What do you get for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars? Where do you put that money? What do your efforts include that will cost hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars? That's where we stand on that issue. More, I'm sure, will be coming over the next days and weeks. I'm interested in this. I really am. Not because of the whole gambling component, just because... Casinos are saying one thing now. The governor is saying, look, hey, uh, we're, we're trying to help out here. We're, we got a deal. No, you don't. The fee doesn't exist. You can't. State law passed in March that authorizes sports betting if the Supreme Court says, yes, you can do it. And the integrity fee is not included. 
So I don't know how the governor can say, hey, we have a deal. No, you don't. You don't have a deal unless you go into special session, which he's wanting to do, and then you get this written into whatever law, if the Supreme Court makes this happen, here's the fee. We're going to pay it. No, because the state lawmaker is like, we passed this. No fee. No integrity fee. He seems to want one. I'm on the opposite side. I don't know if I want an integrity fee because that, to me, just means you're just handing out money for these leagues and I don't think you're getting anything out of it. Now, if you're talking to me about, okay, Marshall and West Virginia getting some sort of a cut, all right, what's that cut for? That cuts for enforcement, compliance. Okay, I can see where parties involved will say, you know, we understand and we understand why you would have these concerns and what this is going to cost to you because we're betting on you. We're betting on your product. We're gambling based on how your team teams perform. I can see something coming out of that. That's my only guess there right now is that whatever this percentage is for, it's got to go into compliance, right? That's what that has to mean. But I think everybody right now sitting here scratching their head because the governor jumped the gun, probably is like, okay, hey, you know, we've got some things in principle we're going to talk about. The governor translated to, we've got a deal. No, you don't. Lawmakers have already put their pen to paper and said this is what it is. If it's if it becomes law on the land, this is what it is in West Virginia. I don't think they're going back anytime soon for this. If they are, I don't think they are. I, I don't even think there's an R. They might. Maybe the dr- governor drags them all in. We got to do this deal. No, you don't. You don't have to do this deal. Now, if you're going to add a component for the universities because of an honest need to increase enforcement, compliance, regulation, what have you, okay, I can get that. I can get behind that a little bit. That's going to do it for this edition. I want to thank Gabriel Sellerts. Appreciate David Kahn from the West Virginia Power joining us on the program today. Uh, back tomorrow, we're going to start talking to some of the uh, new inductees that are going to be joining some Hall of Fame caliber broadcasters and journalists at the university. Jerry Tipton's going to join us. He covers UK, and he's going to be part of the uh, new class that's going to be the School of Journalism Mass Communication Hall of Fame. Uh, he made the cut. We're going to talk to him tomorrow, and then we'll go more into this subject about this and more. That's going to do it. This has been The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan, here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington. W227BS Huntington. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.